You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Well, later, we're just going to just share about just our lives and the things that matter most to us. Uh, or just in our lifetime as disciples in the area of giving. Um, it's interesting because Deepa and I did not, and I did not talk about uh, the scripture, but uh, Philippians 2, 3 through 5. It's really the foundational scripture that Elaine and I, we, to the best of our ability, we're not perfect, but we try to put into practice. And it, it reads, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. We just wanted to, I thought, to share just some, some information about our, our lives and our walk in this area. Elaine and I were baptized on October 22nd, 1988, in the Boston Church. We actually got to be the privilege of part of that uh, would-be, could-be ministry. Was, uh, 30 would be that, that, that dates us a little bit but uh, so um, it's 30 years and 2 weeks ago that uh, gave disciples yeah. Yeah, we've had 1,560 consecutive weekly contributions uh, we've not missed one in 30 years we've had 36 special missions contributions this early year sometimes we had 2 yeah. And uh, we've had conservatively over 400 home worldwide donations. We've had conservatively over 300 special church offerings for church planning, disaster relief, etc. Uh, we've had countless opportunities, and they really are opportunities for us in our heart to serve and help our brothers and sisters who perhaps are having this challenging financial situation. The couple I studied with the Bible with, with, with us and baptized us um, demonstrated and lived a life of sacrifice in all areas. And uh, all we did was imitate them. And I'm going to talk to the teens for just a moment here. See, yeah. Elaine and I yeah. are yeah. disciples yeah. today. 30 years and two weeks because three teens met the couple that studied with us on the street in Boston and invited them to church. And the rest is history. So you teens have the ability to impact generations to come. You are very, you are a force to be reckoned with. Be proud of that. give sacrificially? Is it only out of duty versus inspired or visionary giving? It is a duty commanded by God. And it is inspired by having the gratitude that Jesus shed his blood for us. And it's visionary because we have the power through the grace of God 
to affect someone else's life for eternity. Now, what prevents me from sacrificial giving? Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 5 reads, Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. This is a real challenging scripture for, for, for me. And then in Colossians 3, 5-6 through 6, it reads, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So, I ask myself, <laughs> am I greedy? And the answer is, yeah. I am. I mean, without God, that is Our 
giving has the ability to impact someone's life for eternity. Our giving keeps our hearts soft toward God and actually empowers us to be able to do great things in other areas. Now, four times, it says we move for the church. Now, we move for God. That's a misprint. We move four times for God. Now, we've never been employed by the church. And that's just, you know, we're less like most of you out, out there. And this is just a brief synopsis, okay? In 1989, we left Boston to were asked to be part of the Champaign and Urbana Church. First job, no money. We increased our tithe to help. The church was small. So we, we made sacrifices. In 1990, we asked, after only being there 15 months, and um, we were asked to be part of the Detroit church planning. We moved, we sold our home, took a huge loss. Um, but we did it because God needed a church in Detroit. Amen. And put it upon our heart. Now, we prayed about having, uh, being able to increase our, our, our giving by 20% with the move. So, I met with my boss, my future boss. I had outlined with him I, my, the budget. And the first line was, our contribution, and I told why we were moving to, to uh, Detroit and had all our budget things there. And he, he looked at me, he said, in 20 years of discussing salaries, no one's ever brought in their budget. No one's ever done this. He said, and he said, yeah, I see that you don't live very lavishly. I respect why you're moving here. Um, however, I, I don't think I can, you know, give you the salary that you're asking for. He said, um, I hope this will be acceptable. So he wrote a, a number on the, on the sheet that I had given him. And um, he pushed it over toward me and turned it around. When I looked at it, it was more than I had asked for. And that was kind of like a springboard of just, geez, you know what? God is good. In 97, we moved out here uh, to be part of, we were asked to move of the Great Physician Ministry. Uh, again, you know, it was a tough one. We cashed in our retirement. Now, I'm not saying that that's for everybody. I'm not. I'm saying it was on our heart. That's what we did. Took a huge loss in our home. Uh, and when we got here, there was there was that grief, little, you know, guy with the beady eyes and the money on his back. And, and, uh, you know, maybe we could just decrease our giving because after all, who's going to know? We're from a new church. No. <laughs> just keeping it real, okay? <laughs> and uh, so, but anyway, so we did not. We had to increase it. And, and you know, it, it has made all the difference. We're with you guys. 2002, we actually moved uh, again because we wanted to be a PV to, to lead the uh, team ministry. And by the way, I'd like Andrew Desario and 
David Riddle. Where are you guys? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Where is Catherine Peppin in here? She's in the cafeteria. Uh, let's see. Okay, by proxy, by proxy. Okay. When these these were individuals that we moved to PV4 in 2002, and they're now our brothers and sisters in Christ. I say I think the money lost was well worth it. Also, in 2005, our son David was baptized. And married to an awesome woman. I have three questions about life to ask you. Had you been a German Christian during World War II, would you have taken a stand against Hitler? Had you lived in the South during the civil rights conflict, would you have taken a stand against racism? When your grandchildren discover you lived during the day in which one point seven five billion people were poor and one billion were hungry, how would they judge your response? See, I like to think I would have helped out against Hitler. I like to think that, I mean, I was just a child of civil rights, that I would have done something. But now, I'm in the throes of 1.75 billion people and 1 billion people hungry. What am I going to do? Here's a slide, here's a, a verse that really hits home to a lady. It says, work hard to feed hungry people. Satisfy the needs of those who are crushed. Then my blessing will light up your darkness, and the night of your suffering will become as bright as the noonday sun. I will always guide you. I will satisfy your needs in land baked by the sun. I will make you stronger. You will be like a garden that has plenty of water. You will be like a spring whose water never runs dry. Elaine's going to say a few words. I just want to talk about our family in giving. The lifetime of giving actually began 30 years ago. Before that, it wasn't even a thought. But when we became Christians, the culture of the entire church was sacrifice. There were phrases like, go anywhere to start a church, do anything to help someone become a disciple. Giving financially was one thing, but giving sacrificially was always the teaching. I remember a time where all women on staff put their wedding rings in the basket on Sunday. We were constantly inspired by families moving far away for a month or years with a one suitcase, few dollars, and tons of faith. Yeah. At that time, we chose parenting as my career because Calvin was starting his first job as a physician and he would be required to work nights and weekends and our family would suffer a lot. So I just want to kind of list some things that we did for our family that we really feel helped, that we felt like we were listening to the cry for help, and we were also absolutely helping our kids carry on some kind of a legacy of giving. There was no hope worldwide for 11 years that we were disciples. 
But when it started, there were no brigades or family trips. It just started slowly and grew and grew and grew. So we planned our own trip to Mexico City as our family vacation, working for Hope in a dental clinic. Calvin was a physician, not a dentist, but he learned a little dentistry. Jan was a translator. She was in about eighth grade and spoke a little Spanish. And David, at about 12 years old, was cleaning teeth. And I delivered uh, food and clothing to people in Mexico City. It was amazing. It was the first time we had heard Brian Craig's songs in Spanish and worshipped on two different Sundays with wonderful, beautiful people who lived in, in uh, a lot less of a home than we could even think of. We paid for all the parts of our trips. So the next time we could even afford to go was when we went to India. We went and saw the Village of Hope. It is actually the project that first started Hope. Uh, it was changing some grass huts in India that had burned down and we built small brick ones. It was amazing to see how they had grown. They had water in every other structure where they never had water prior. And the Hope volunteers had trained the people in the village to change the source of income from begging to computer skills and cosmetology. It was encouraging. From there, Jan uh, spent an entire month in southern India in a leper colony and an orphanage. She was so moved that she minored in uh, health medicine for serving the poor. She met the most grateful people she had ever met. Our 25th wedding anniversary, we decided to go to Cambodia and work in the hospital. We took Jen. Calvin worked 15 hours a day in surgery, and Jen and I visited the villages that Hope delivered food and milk to. We triaged patients for appointments to the hospital and saw the second and third clinics past the first hospital that our church built. We weren't unique. There were huge sacrifices of church members all the time. Every Sunday, there were KNN videos that show what Hope was doing around the world. And when we finished some of these travels, we started a, a tutor program at Wilmington Middle School that some of you volunteered with, and then it ended doing the Thanksgiving baskets and the Christmas giving, which all of you have participated in for about 12 years. It paid off. Jesus watched the congregation put their money in, and he watched the rich, and he watched that little lady with her two coins. And so do our kids watch us. All three of our kids were married by ministers in the church. Last year, Kevin borrowed a boat during the Texas floods and rescued people all day for a couple of weeks. He brought them to his home where Tracy fed them and brought them to a shelter. Kevin said, I learned this from you guys. Some stayed with them for a few days. Jen and Matt sought out a full year of marriage counseling from Steve and Jackie, and they still get advice and counseling from them. <clears throat> Jen works with me during all of our holiday giving for the past 12 years, and her mother-in-law donates hundreds of bags for every one of our Christmas giving. She wants to volunteer with us when she retires soon. David and Danny visit an orphanage in Mexico with the West, they also lead the Young Married Ministry by hosting dinners, Bible study, midweek lessons with visitors at everything. Jesus watched the congregation. He's watching us. Just a little addendum. Um, in June of 2007, 
we were paying uh, two college tuitions and very expensive medical bills for our sixth son, David. Uh, one, of the, one of the prior moves, we actually had, in order to make the movement and help the church, we actually cashed in the, our kids' college tuition. Um, and uh, so this sort of caught up with us. And um, it was special contribution. I, we had made a pledge of 11 times, and it was hard. Because I said, you know what, I think, I think we can only give six. I wrestled with that. We, we, we made the 11 times, and God blessed it so richly. He blessed it by the fact that that fall, we were able to study the Bible and baptize Rick and Jen Dabney. He blessed it by our son beginning to have a, an upswing in his medical condition. He blessed it by others that we studied the Bible with. He blessed it in a way that more than I could have ever imagined, more than any amount of money could ever buy. You know, we've we still, we haven't recovered from, from those investments in the Lord, but you know what, I wouldn't trade them for anything. Anything in the world. Today, in a season of giving, it's in the last five years during that interval, as a family, we got to participate in the Oops for Hope Cambodia. And it was a blast. The entire family, collectively, during those years, were able to raise nearly, nearly $80,000. And uh, it was just to watch our kids develop a passion, to watch the people at work, Elaine's friends, see our passion for people who just didn't have the opportunities that we have and were willing to give to help, help support them and provide health care. We're talking about breast cancer. We're talking about uh, really basic surgeries that we take for granted, but they would have died. You see, you know, <laughs> even today, the struggle is real. You know, I, I, think, I think sometimes God gave us humor and so that there's times when we just want to fall apart where we find just a, a, a grain of humor in the situation. You know, I, I show up to work, I put, put up the work in my little Chevy bowl, and uh, you know, I love it. Most days. <laughs> you know, I mean, when, when four or five of my colleagues pass me in their Tesla, and their Mercedes, we don't live the life that you know, we don't have a second home, we don't have a timeshare. Not that not that those things are bad. I'm not saying they're bad at all. Okay? I don't have a boat. You know, we're putting together the retirement plan. Um, it's just that for me and my heart, us together, 
we would not have been able to, I think, stay faithful without being sacrificial because of just the world that we're in and the opportunities that are afforded. Uh, I'm a, I'm a beady eyed greedy little guy. I really am. And uh, I just thank God. And one thing is that 33 years of practicing medicine as a physician, you know, I have had, I've seen and been with many people on their deathbed. Okay? Not a single one of them has ever said, I wish I made more money. They've had regrets over broken relationships. They wanted to say to a loved one, I love you more. It was anything but money. Now, what oaths did you make when you became a disciple? Take a moment to think about that. Ponder it. Psalm 15 Verse 1, and we're going to skip to 4, but it says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? Skip down to verse 4. Who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord? Who keeps an oath, even when it hurts, and does not change their mind? You know, there are a lot of oaths that we have to keep when Sometimes it's just a, it's one day at a time to stay as a faithful disciple. Amen. I mean, it is. Um, here's one oath that you made, that we all made. Now about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set Aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. In keeping with your income. Boy, that's sacrificial giving. That's an oath that we made. Um, and it's so rich. And it doesn't mean that, that things don't come up and, and, uh, and alterations have to be made. That's not, that's not, not it. It's about our heart. Because if we're greedy with our, the worldly possessions and the financial blessings God's given us, then we can be greedy with our time, with our love for others, with our sacrifice to lay down our life for our brothers and sisters. That's what I mean by greed is subtle. And I think that's why the Bible talks about it so much. The area of money. Because where our purse strings, there are our heart is also. We're coming from a landing here. And so this is the, the essence, I think, of a lifetime of giving. Okay. When we when we become disciples, we commit ourselves to a new way of life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, 
the new is here. We're brand new creatures. Amen. Get that monkey off your back, no matter what it is, because you're new. Amen. And that this is a continuing process until the day we go and be with Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, who with unveiled faces, contemplate. And little hey there means, contemplate means to know. To know God. To contemplate. The Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is in the Spirit. And then the third phase of all this is that God dares us to test Him with our giving. Malachi 3, 10 through 12. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and I and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to store it. That's a promise from God. And the blessings are, you just can't imagine what they will be. But they're a promise. This is a, a favorite scripture of mine. I looked it up in a, in a couple different verses. Um, it says, it says, okay, no haters, no haters. I saved it for last. But in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. See, each of us, we need to catch that vision. Whatever that vision may be for you, talk about it among yourselves. Plan among yourselves. Dream with one another. Whatever that vision is for you. And then it says, I thought, you know, since it is the day after the election, I thought, and the, I don't know how many of you have ever read the ERV? Yeah. It's called the Easy Read Version. <laughs> I kid you not. And I love it. Um, it says, if a nation is not guided by God, the people will lose self-control. But the nation that obeys God's law will be happy. You see, we have a responsibility to the nation, to the world. But let's make America great for Jesus. Amen. And oh, what a happy day it will be. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us. 